oh yes, I'm all about building relationships, mm -hmm. you know, until I sell you something and then I'm off doing the next thing and I forget about you completely until and unless you call again. And most people don't do that on purpose. They don't set out to ignore you, right? When somebody buys from you, you want to take care of that person. But in a lot of cases, you fulfill an order. It's like, okay, that's good. Now I'm on to the next thing. And unless you have systems in place that are designed to keep you in touch, the likelihood that somebody's going to fall through the cracks is very great. Increase sales, improve margins, and grow your business. Guaranteed. Top secrets of marketing and sales. Now, 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 David Blaze. Hi, and welcome to the podcast today. Co-host Jay McFarland and I will be discussing how you get from obscurity to loyalty in the mind of a new prospect. Welcome back, Jay. Great to have you here. Thank you, David. And once again, I'm super excited about this. I feel like customer loyalty is the holy grail of, you know, having a business, but I'm not sure if people know how to get their customers to that point. So I'm very excited. Where do you even start with that from obscurity to loyalty? How do you begin this process? Yeah, it's a fun topic because I think, again, most people don't think of it like this. It sort of ties back to what we were talking about last week. But the idea of getting from total obscurity to blind customer loyalty for most people just seems impossible. You know, how do you do that? But if you think about it, one of the things that I normally do if I'm explaining this to an audience, is I'll draw a target on a flip chart, right? So, and at the center of the target in the middle of there, the bullseye is blind customer loyalty. This is just loyal. I'm, I would never consider doing business with anyone else but you. And then a couple rings out, like outside the circles, you have obscurity, total obscurity. I have no idea who you are. I have no idea that you're taking in air on the planet. I have no idea why I should do business with you, right? And so you're not going to get from total obscurity to blind customer loyalty in one step. It's going to require intelligent repetition of contact, which is something we talked about last time as well. So when you think about it, there are stages that you have to go through to get there. So the first step is to move from obscurity, I don't know who you are, to recognition. Oh, I recognize you. I recognize that you're here. I don't love you. I don't hate you. I don't know you well enough to do either of those things, but I recognize that you're alive. So recognition is that first step. Okay. And when we think in terms of communication, the type of communication that you will engage in to let somebody know you're alive is very different than the type of communication that you'll engage in to get them to be more loyal to you and to get them to place that first time order. So that initial step, moving from obscurity to recognition, that's step one. Then from recognition, the next thing we have to get to is some level of comfort. They have to be comfortable enough with you to have additional conversations to place that first time order with you. And then once they're comfortable with you, that first order happens. And then from there, if you perform properly, if they place that order, and if you deliver the way that you're supposed to, and everything works out well, then they might say, okay, I'll give you another chance and we'll do it again. At that point, they're in that comfort ring. They're in that comfort level. And so you can operate in the comfort level for quite some time. And if you continue to perform in the comfort level, then eventually you start to move into that bullseye area. You start to move into that area of loyalty. Okay, I'm going to continue to come back to you unless you mess up, right? Mm -hmm. So now at that point, I'm pretty loyal. I'm, I'm kind of loyal. But then then 
if you continue to deliver and you continue to maintain that relationship, then you move closer and closer to the center and then eventually you end up right there in the middle where they just wouldn't consider doing business with anyone else. So that's as a visual, I think that's mm-hmm. a great way to go. In fact, I think what we'll do is we'll, we'll put a picture of that down below this podcast. Well, if it's an audio, they can go to topsecrets.com and they can get it there, but we'll get you a diagram of that so they can recognize sort of where they are and where they need to move. Yeah, I think you described it perfectly. I also think that it's maybe easier if when they're in the comfort zone to bounce them out in the wrong direction than to move them into the center. Yeah, particularly when you don't realize that this is even happening, right? Because most people don't think of this, Jay. I mean, Mm -hmm. most people, I'm interacting with somebody, we're having some sort of sales experience, however it is that you and I got put together. I'm working on trying to get this order taken care of for you. I get that done. It's delivered. I'm happy, you're happy, and I'm on to the next thing. I'm not thinking of you in terms of how comfortable are you with me? How likely are you to place a second order with me? When is that likely to happen? All of those things, and this also ties back to what we talked about earlier in a previous podcast about the whole idea of being proactive and recognizing that, yeah, they might come back and place a second time order, but if you're proactive about maintaining that relationship, they'll be a lot more likely to do that more quickly. Yeah, very good. So what are some of those steps to move them from that comfort zone into that bullseye? Because I got to be honest, you know, I've been in business a long time. I've never seen people specific about this process. And and I think that's why it's so important that we're talking about it. We just kind of think, hey, I have a product. I sold it to you. You liked it. Now you're loyal. Yeah. And, and a lot of times we don't even think in terms of who is an active client who is a former client, right? It's like, if you bought from me, you're a client. Okay, well, if you bought from me three years ago and you haven't bought since, you might not be a client anymore. Mm -hmm. You might've bought from somebody else in between. I don't even know it. I'm thinking you're a client, but you're actually a former client. So a lot of that really ties into this idea of intelligent repetition of contact. How can I maintain a relationship? And so things like drip campaigns start to become important. In other words, a series of communications that you can put out to the people who have done business with you in the past so that you're in front of them when they're ready to make another buying decision or depending on your communication, that could encourage them to make another buying decision depending on what that communication is. But even if it's something as simple as having an email that goes out, whether it's once a month or once every couple of weeks, so that you're staying in front of them with good, solid, useful information that is beneficial to them. That type of thing is going to keep you top of mind with them rather than, yeah, I bought something from you a long time ago and now I've forgotten who you are. Yeah, I I love that you said solid, useful information, not just, hey, I've got a sale. Hey, I've got this. I feel like if you can give that value add where they, you know, they're going to be more likely to open it in the first place, because that's the first thing, just get them to open the email. And, you know, if they feel like, you know, these guys are sending me free information, and it's, it's actionable. I feel like that's a great, a great process. Yeah, it really is. And particularly at that comfort level, as we're talking about, if you're reasonably comfortable with me, because I delivered your first order well, and then you're getting other things from me that are helpful to you in your day-to-day life as it relates to my business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a positive thing. And it can then help plant ideas in your head about other things that we could potentially do together to further your goals and to increase sales on my end as well. 
Does uh, sending out like surveys, like, you know, tell us how we did, does that help increase loyalty? Yeah, surveys are great. And I mean, tell, tell us how we did surveys are great, but also just finding out what they might want. In other words, what would they like next? That type of thing. Yeah, finding out how well you did, but also finding out where they need the most help. One of my favorite questions whenever I talk to anybody who could potentially be a prospect is, you know, where do you need the most help? And it's amazing what people come up with. Mm. And sometimes they come up with things that have no relation to what you're selling at all. It's like, well, I can't <laughs> help with that. But yeah. in a lot of cases, just by asking the question, it gets them thinking in terms of what they might need and how you might be able to help them to accomplish their goals. Yeah, I it's, think it's it, about, yeah. it's got to be about them. Yeah. And I think that also puts them in a position where you're helping them instead of them feeling like you're pushing them towards one thing. And that's the only reason you're there and you're not going to listen to anything else. Yes. And when you think of it in terms of these circles, recognition to comfort to loyalty and trying to stay away from obscurity as much as possible. Yeah. And you recognize you're probably moving. You may be moving toward loyalty or you may be moving back toward obscurity. It reinforces the idea that you need to maintain some sort of communication. So the idea of some sort of drip campaign where you're staying in front of them is going to keep you out of the obscurity zone. It's going to keep you hopefully in the comfort zone and move you closer and closer to repeat business and loyalty. Yeah. And then what about customer complaints, having a system to deal with that? I, I feel like sometimes, you know, businesses want to just rush to solve your issue or something, and they don't look at that as an opportunity to build loyalty. And I've always felt like if you have a good system to handle issues, you're more likely to create loyalty, even if you've made a mistake. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I remember back when we were selling promotional products to public television stations, we had a client at Maryland Public Television, great lady, very distinguished voice. She had this British accent and she was a really cool lady. And we messed up on an order. And she contacted me and she was telling me how we messed up on this order. And I, you know, I let her know, okay, listen, we're going to take care of this for you. I'm sorry this happened. We're going to get it fixed. And we got it fixed for her. And from that point on, she was the most loyal client we ever had because we fixed it correctly. To address your point, I I've actually done a training with where there are 10 steps that you need to take to resolve customer problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times people do two of the steps or three of the steps. If you do all 10, you're going to be a lot more likely to get a, a good result. Some people don't even realize that you need to apologize when there's a problem, right? That's just one of the steps of the 10. You know, one of the things that you need to do is you want to apologize for the problem, even if it's not your fault, it doesn't matter. You want to apologize for the fact that there's a problem. But then there are a whole bunch of other things you can do as well. That's a subject for another podcast. Yeah, we can put yeah. that on the list. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, critical. It's, it's absolutely critical to make sure that you're resolving things in a way where people know that you are taking responsibility, you're taking ownership of the problem, and you're going to fix it for them. We can't always save the order, right? Sometimes there's going to be an order and there's a problem and you can't fix it. But more often than not, you can save the customer and you can have them come back again. Yeah, I totally agree. As a consumer, I don't expect perfection. But if I right. know that if you mess up, you're not going to be pointing the finger or downplaying it or or evading it, but that you're going to look me in the face and you're going to say, I'm sorry, let me fix it. And one thing I love is when they ask the question, and you've, you've kind of already talked about this, it just with the general relationship, I love it when they say to me, well, Jay, 
what can I do to make it right? You know, and mm, put me back yeah. in the driver's seat, right? Right. Yeah. And then you hope you can do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> and there are always going to be customers that no matter what you do, no matter how much you bend over backwards, you're not going to be able to satisfy them. And with yeah. them, to me, you go through your system, you know, you do everything you can and realize you can't save everybody. But the most yep. people, I think, will respond positively to that. They do. Yes. When you handle things well, they do. And I think it's unfortunate that in a lot of situations right now, there are people who don't do that sort of thing. So when you mm -hmm. do it, you differentiate yourself and you can really get a lot of loyalty out of that. Yeah. And I do think you need to systemize it. And we've talked about this in previous podcasts. Don't just leave it to chance that you're, if you have frontline employees that are dealing with a cut, don't leave it to chance that they're going to handle right. it properly. They need to be empowered to make choices and you need to teach them the steps involved in recovering that client. Correct. Yes. And actually having the steps in front of them so that mm -hmm. when they're going through that process, one, I say this, two, I say mm -hmm. this. And I'm not talking about a script that they read. Right. I'm talking about bullet points where they make sure that they hit each of these points where you're letting them know that you're taking ownership of it. It's not going to be like, uh, oh, yeah, well, that's not my department. <laughs> Nobody can mm -hmm. say that sort of thing. You have to make sure that everybody is trained on the idea that, oh, I'm very sorry that happened. Let me take care of this for you. Okay. So those are like two of the steps now. Sorry it happened and let me take care of this for you. And another one, and it would be positioning it as, uh, this is very unusual, right? Because you want to say, oh, yeah, we get that all the time. Um, so somebody else, you'll have to <laughs> yeah. talk to somebody else about it. That's about the worst thing you can do. So a lot of these things, when you hear them, you go, it makes perfect sense. And if you reverse them, you can realize how necessary each of the steps are. Absolutely. What, what other thoughts, what other things can they do to push people to the center of that target? Well, as you indicated, I think a lot of this happens in the early part of the comfort stage and and just in the comfort stage in general because until you get to until you until you start tipping into that loyalty area you're really proving yourself at every interaction every communication every phone call every email every sale you're proving yourself a little more and you're working closer and closer and closer to move inside to that center of the target so I think a lot of it is really recognizing that this is what's happening, recognizing that you're either moving toward the center or away from the center, depending on what you're doing or what you're not doing, right? The sins of omission, if mm -hmm. I am not taking action on the things that I should be taking action on, that's going to be harming us. Recognizing that if you're doing nothing, that's not neutral, that's negative. And just approaching it from the standpoint of recognizing that we're there to help these people. And so as long as we're there communicating that, that we're here to help them and we want to do whatever we can to make that happen, then it's not going to get old, right? But most people appreciate that. If it's buy for me, buy for me, buy for me, that gets old very quickly. Mm -hmm. But when you're finding out how you can help, what they're looking for next, and that sort of thing, it just really helps to move the needle in the right direction. Yeah. And the word relationship really jumps into my mind as we talk about this. Yeah. And it's easy to say right? The whole idea of relationship. Oh, yes, I'm all about building relationships, mm -hmm. you know, until I sell you something, and then I'm off doing the next thing. And I forget about you completely until and unless you call again. And most people don't do that on purpose. 
they don't set out to ignore you, right? When somebody buys from you, you want to take care of that person. But in a lot of cases, you fulfill an order. It's like, okay, that's good. Now I'm on to the next thing. And unless you have systems in place that are designed to keep you in touch, the likelihood that somebody's going to fall through the cracks is very great. When you get those systems in place, the likelihood that somebody falls through the cracks essentially goes to zero because your system ensures that you're in touch. Absolutely. I'll tell you what What I want is to be able to develop a product like Apple. Nobody's touched it. Nobody's seen it. And there's a line out the door for the thing. And nobody's seen it yet, but they're ready right. to buy. I mean, that to me is is the ideal picture of customer loyalty. It is. I mean, they're at the center of the target now, mm -hmm. but they didn't get there immediately, right? At first, they had to see some sort of product years ago. They're like, what is this? What's this iPod? What is this mm -hmm. thing? It's a jukebox and mm -hmm. that I that fits in my pocket. What is this thing? And then you get it and you're like, wow, this is really cool. And then they say, well, now we've got a smaller one. It's like, okay, I want that one. Now we've got it in a phone. Ooh, nice, right? Now the phone is smaller. Now yeah. an iPhone X, you know? Or, and so each iteration, people are like, okay, last thing was cool. This is supposed to be cooler. I think I'll buy it. And most businesses, particularly small businesses, particularly the type of people that we tend to interact with, don't have that level of loyalty because we don't have hundreds of product developers who are working to make everything that we do better and better and better every day. But what we do have is the realization that this is about those relationships. It is about how can I make these relationships better and better and better with each communication I have. So that's the type of thing that you can replicate and that you should replicate because it's going to be more important for uh, businesses like us than it is for a company like Apple. Right, right. Absolutely. I realize that's like the gold standard, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how do people find out more about this important topic? Okay. Well, you can find out more about us at topsecrets.com. That's T-O-P-S-E-C-R-E-T-S dot com. If you want more information, our phone number's on there, our email's on there. You can give us a call or reach out. And keep staying tuned to the podcast because we've got more actionable information coming up. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much, David. Thank you, Jay. Increase sales, improve margins, and grow your business. Guaranteed. Top Secrets. Top secrets. Top secrets. Top secrets.